I meet lots of people who've fallen off the bed, they've fallen out of showers, they've been shot in the eye and got pink eye. All sorts <laughs> of things can happen. Tanya Kuntz, our resident sexologist <laughs> and pleasure activist, has seen it all. You can have a lot of fun with a soft cock. <laughs> and I always say treat genitals as areas of pleasurable erectile tissue and explore them with curiosity. And we're talking about sex fortnightly here on Monday now. Tanya Coons is our resident sexologist and pleasure activist. Welcome, Tanya. Morning, Brady. Now, last fortnight, we've kind of been focusing on things that are awkward. Yeah. Yes. The, lately. Yeah. Last fortnight we talked about awkward crushes that you might have on yeah. inappropriate people. Today we're focusing on things that go wrong in the bedroom. Yeah. Embarrassing things. Now, <laughs> sex isn't always like what you see in the movies. No, not at all. Unless, uh, yeah, well. And yeah. even less like the porn. Exactly. Yes. Exactly right. So there's a lot of room for embarrassing things to happen when you take off your clothes with someone who you may or may not know that well. Yep. Yeah, this could be a three-day show, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've heard you say naked, awkward moments on the show before. What is that? Yeah, okay, so this is a bit of a a Tanya trademark term, which is it's basically when when you're getting sexy, when you're getting naked with somebody, and then things don't go according to plan, and it's pretty much you're both naked, things are feeling awkward, and then you've got the crickets and the tumbleweeds where nobody knows what to do. Mm. And we have this sort of awkward, like, oh, God, well, I, should I say something? Should I not? And um, most people, that, that freaks people out and that can make them feel really avoidant of wanting to have sex with that person again or have sex at all ever again. Yeah, so why do awkward moments turn things off so quickly? Um, I think, well, I think our sense of self is intrinsically bound up with our genitals, don't you? Yeah. So if things start to go wrong, then we're, we're sort of like, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm a bad lover or I'm, I'm not good or... If something goes wrong for our partner, or not even goes wrong, just maybe unexpected, mm. we start to tell stories about that and we can make it our fault. You know, things like um, guys losing their erection, uh, their partner uh, can be like, oh, what's wrong with me that you've lost your erection? And, so, you know, is it is it my fault that suddenly that's not happening? Yeah. Uh, whereas it could just be the person with a penis going, you know what, uh, just not happening right now. Yeah. And I think also we have myths out there that if you're in possession of a penis and you're being sexual, then you have to have this rock hard penis all the time. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm about to get some t-shirts made up, I think, that have a picture of a rooster on them and a slogan, you can have a lot of fun with a soft cock. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard you say that before on this show as well. So there's lots of different stuff that can happen. Fart noises, actual farts. We're going to get into a few of them. If you have hilarious stories or any questions, for our resident sexologist, do text in 0409 945 945. Tanya, what can you do if these things happen to you or you're worried about these naked, awkward moments? Well, I think most of these things happen because we're anxious, yeah, Uh, and... And yeah, so I think things like losing your erection or sometimes not being able to climax if you want to, those sorts of things, uh, or losing the feeling because, you know, often we're overthinking things. And the minute we start to go up into our heads during sex, we time travel into the future and we're suddenly not in our body where we were having a lot of fun a second ago. And we time travel into the future to this point in time that we're anxious about. It could just be one minute, like what if something goes wrong? And then our brain very kindly gives 
gives us the stress as if that's actually happening. So that's, you know, not very sexy and it takes us out of what we were doing. So we need to try and stay present if we can. We've got a text here from Blake in Camperdown saying that my girlfriend always gets embarrassed uh, when I want to go down on her because she's afraid that her downstairs isn't going to taste that good. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So many women. I think, first of all, we get socialised that um, people with vulvas, that vulvas do not look good, smell good, taste good, feel good. They're dirty. They bleed. They get you in trouble. That's mostly the message that people who are involved as get as they're growing up. Um, so a lot of people can feel very uncomfortable if their partner wants to put their face right up close in their genitals. They they get very self conscious and overthink it. Um, How is it down there? Yeah, and you know I, when did I, I have a say, shower last? That's right. And I always say, you know, think about this. Your partner's not going to do what they don't want to do. So if they're down there and they're enthusiastic, they're having a good time. You need to trust them on that one. Let's talk about some different sounds that can come out of uh, making love. Slapping, fart sounds uh, <laughs> with, with skin, uh, queefs. Yes, queefs. All, all very embarrassing. Yes, yes. That, well, do they have to be embarrassing? They can be something that you laugh about. Yeah, because, you know, look, everybody loves a fart joke. I think, I think yeah. it's so interesting that people laugh about farts all the time but then get embarrassed if their body produces one. Yes. Well, is there, I guess is there room for laughing at yourself in sex and foreplay? I think so. I think sex is meant to be fun, you know. So if you're engaging with your body and your body's doing funny things, what's wrong with laughing at it rather than being ashamed of or embarrassed about what's happening in your body? Yeah, so I think sex is very awkward and very messy, right? It's certainly not the choreographed thing that we see in TV and porn. Mm. I meet lots of people who've fallen off the bed, who have given themselves a black eye as they've changed positions and got need in the head. They've fallen out of showers. They've been shot in the eye and got pink eye. All sorts <laughs> of things can happen. Tony Kuntz, our resident sexologist <laughs> and pleasure activist, has seen it all. So a lot of people are getting in touch on the text line. I might go to a song quickly and Great. I'll uh, screen a few of these before taking them straight to air. This is a song called Shit Go, come to the language warning by Free Souls. You're on Mornings FBI 94.5. Shit go, shit go by Free Souls Mornings FBI ninety four point five. You're on. Let's talk about sex. That's My name is Brian and I'm joined by our resident sexologist Tony Kuhn hey, from Surrey Hills Therapy, and we're talking about awkward bedroom moments. I didn't know we were going to go there today, but we are. Somebody texts in saying, "How do I properly eat and douche? I'm always shitting on dicks." Yeah, Tanya. What a please, question! If you, if you will, use <laughs> your expertise on this one. Well, I, I definitely think if you're preparing for anal sex, you need to do something in advance. Um, so, I think having a good diet with lots of fibre will mean that things move through your body quickly and efficiently. So mm -hmm. look at your diet in general. Um, there's a couple of things, uh, 10 to 30 minutes beforehand, or if you're going to have a long session or a monster dick, you want to do douching um, 30 minutes to two hours beforehand. right? And so if you're doing, you, you, it's good to buy a good quality douche. It's good to um, empty your bowels first, then get your douche, warm water, put it inside the body, and then you want to be in a shower to sort of let all that hot water come out with fecal matter. Mm. Don't be upset if fecal matter is coming out. You know, that's what the drain's for. You can clean up. 
Um, but it's important that you do that um, in advance because it takes quite a while. We, ha- we have another text here. You don't have to address this. It says, all I'm saying is never rim someone after you just had Indian for dinner. We, we can leave that if you <laughs> Enough want. Said. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, another, th- another bodily fluid uh, or something that comes out and can make sex awkward is yep. period blood for people yes. who have their periods. Yeah. And some people are very comfortable with having sex during the period and other people think, oh, my God, what I don't want to I don't want to totally scare that person out. away. Yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of things. I mean, periods can be, I mean, you know, we're going to get them. They're once a month, right? Um, so I, it makes me sad to think that people are like, well, for that one, one week or five days, I'm not going to have sex with my partner. I think they need to consult their partner first. I like I've, that that's what makes you sad. <laughs> you're missing out on, missing out on connecting. Because also, you know, a lot of people are sort of like, well, I haven't had a waxing lately, so I'm, uh, that's another week. So that's half the time. Mm. So I'm sort of like, no, let's, let's stop being ashamed of our bodies and understand that they can give us a lot of pleasure. Uh, so periods can be inconvenient if they show up and you're about to have a hot, hot date. But it depends, really, because... The way I view them is they're just body fluids, right? So I'm kind of curious that some folks who are are okay with ejaculation and ejaculate and spreading that all over themselves and other people can get squicked out by period blood because they are both body fluids, right? Good point. Yeah. So if you want to take care, things that you can do are use gloves or if you don't have any gloves handy, get a condom, put it over your fingers. You can still touch your partner and stimulate them and then pull the condom off sort of inside out and the way off and you don't have to come into contact with anything, but you've still taken the time to give your partner a nice time. And Um, the old towel down trick. The old towel down, yeah. Especially if you're visiting, you don't want to leave souvenirs in the bed sheets. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. uh, If anyone is squeamish and doesn't want to hear about sex injuries, tune out now. We had a text in. Mm. My friend had this horrible sex experience with their boyfriend in high school. They weren't allowed to see each other or have sex, so they would sneak over to her house and have quickies. One day they were really short on time, didn't use lube, no foreplay, and basically she ripped off his foreskin inside her uh, because they were... um, Oh. There was so much friction. Yeah. They said blood was everywhere and they had to call his parents to take him to the hospital. So that's how the parents found out that they were having sex. Oh, my gosh. Could you get any more awkward? Like, no. so I, many levels of awkwardness. That's the sort of thing that would stay with you forever, I reckon. I think so. And I, I sort of think about that going, wow, that's two people that could have really big hang-ups about sex as well. Going forward. Yeah, going forward. So the things that I would say to that are, Please, please, please warm your bodies up first, right? Um, I'm about to put something up on my Instagram that says sex is not just intercourse. You know, foreplay counts as sex. And I think people being in such a hurry to get to the PNV can cause discomfort, tearing, bleeding. This can happen on either side of the equation there. So warm up first and take your time. Because the warming up is actually fun and it feels nice. Oh, we've done whole episodes on this. Oh, lordy lord. (laughs) Yeah, and I think people forget that it is fun to tease and to warm up and anticipate so if you don't have much time how about saying hey how about we don't do anything penetrative but we you know we do a bit of frottage we rub up against each other some dry humping we touch each other or we see if we can make each other come using just our fingers or other parts of our body i imagine if you did accidentally hurt someone during sex you would feel awful about that yeah and yeah it, it would be a pretty quick mood killer 
and this is how, and I'm talking about not the good kind of hurting. We have done yeah. an episode on painful sex oh, before. Yeah. There's a good kind of hurting that's very thoroughly negotiated and consented to. But this, yeah, it's it's pretty much everybody out of the pool because you've got to uh, <laughs> deal with the, the injury, right? Mm. So um, how awful ending up in accident and emergency. Slow down is the takeaway. Yeah, tearing of the foreskin, it sounds, I think, a lot more scary than it is because there is a lot of blood. So the healing on that will be a bit difficult, but um, it's an okay thing. It's, you know, it's more shocking than you think. Uh, what I think, I uh, worry about the girl in that equation is if you're having a lot of intercourse before your body's ready for it, you can have your muscles can tense up in anticipation of pain or discomfort mm. Mm. and you can end up with a condition called vaginismus. So I meet lots of people who started having sex as quickies when they're young before their bodies were ready or before they were ready and later in life they have vaginismus because their muscles haven't learned how to relax again. Now, uh, we're going to go to a quick song. Mm-hmm. This is Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings. And if you have any questions or stories you want to share with Tanya, our resident pleasure activist and sex, uh, sorry, pleasure activist and sexologist. Yes, we love stories. We love questions. Please text in. <laughs> 0409 945 945. This is Fall Down by Crumb. Your mornings. FBI 94.5, crumb, fall down, Rick texting in. I love Tanya and all the work she does. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Oh, thanks, Rick. Tanya Coons is our resident sexologist and pleasure activist here on Let's Talk About Sex fortnightly, mm. Mondays from 11.20. And today we're talking about awkward bedroom moments. We've covered a lot, but Tanya, we do have to be careful that we don't fall into the territory of being too cis-het focused. Which heteronormative, means, yeah. Uh, yeah, heteronormative. So yeah. heterosexual couples only and cisgender people only. Uh, What are some of the potentially awkward things you could shed light on for queer sexual experiences? Um, lots of things, actually. Well, a lot of the things that we've spoken about in terms of warming up, it, do, it doesn't, you know, if, if you're in possession of a vulva, understand that things need to warm up on the inside of your body as well as the outside. Uh, so we have different different. Uh, rates of arousal. People who own penises can be aroused very quickly. They're like this beautiful fire energy that burns bright and strong, but people with vulvas take a little bit of time and need a bit of revving up. Uh, So that's important to understand. But in in queer sex, it's also like don't have expectations. You know, if people, if someone has a penis, it doesn't necessarily mean there will be penetration. Right? It's it's actually negotiating. I think this is actually where folks in queer sex are a whole lot better because they do talk a lot more and want to understand what their partners want and there aren't normal expectations. Oh, there are, but there aren't as many, so people can be a lot more diverse and creative in their sex. So this is where ongoing consent is really good and bringing your curiosity to what your lover may enjoy and what type of touch it is that they actually like. Things that we really need to be aware of for our non-binary friends is that what arouses them and, and their level of comfort, particularly about their genitals, can change daily or even hourly. So what worked yesterday may not be the same today. If you've got your mask on one day and you're feeling a little bit femme or even agender, uh, it's going to be a different encounter. So always be curious. It can be a little awkward for people, but if you're prepared to connect, knowing that awkwardness will be in the room, but you still want to connect, there's a lot of loving, wonderful things that can happen there. 
Yeah. So embrace awkwardness in the bedroom is what you're saying. Embrace your awkwardness. And for our trans friends as well, it's really important to understand if people are taking hormones, this can change the skin and the sensitivity of their genitals. It can make penises flaccid uh, and sometimes more sensitive to touch. This can be good or bad depending on the person. And it can also make uh, vaginas dry and irritated and needing lube. So it's good to check in and understand where that person's at. And I always say treat genitals as areas of pleasurable erectile tissue and explore them with curiosity. If you're having a queer sex experience for the first time, you might be like the person on the text line, my girlfriend was scared to have sex with me because she's never had lesbian sex before and thought I was going to dive right in and fist her. (laughs) (laughs) That requires a certain amount of consent. Yes. (laughs) Like quite a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure a bit of warming up as well. Yeah, but isn't it funny what we get anxious about, you know, and one of the things we can do to avoid feeling awkward is to answer the what if questions. What if my partner wants to fist me would be a great question to answer. Maybe I should talk about them. Maybe I should do a bit of research. Maybe that's not the first thing we try. Right? Answer the questions and then you can be less anxious when you're getting into the bedroom. Okay, Tanya Coons, one more question for you today before I let you get yeah. out of here. What if the sex is just bad? I mean, is, is, what is, if it's just bad? If there's awkward sex... You know, could it just be bad sex? Yep, it could be. You know, sometimes we just have an off day. You know, we're not with it. We can be anxious or stressed and just not present in our bodies, which doesn't lead to very great sex. Um, Sometimes we might have a new lover that lacks curiosity as to what we enjoy. So, you know, it's pretty easy to write someone like that off. But Mm. we don't know if if their lack of curiosity is actually them being totally freaking anxious that they've just got with someone they think is really important or worried about their own performance. Mm, So there could be that. Sometimes in relationships the connection may have gone, so we do get to awkward sex and it's like, hmm, how often is this happening? Um, sometimes folks just have completely different sexual styles, you know, and they don't mesh. Like that's, it's it's difficult. So that's why I always say try everything at least twice because the first time might be new and you're not knowing what to expect. But the second time, at least you've got an idea of what's on the table and you lose the stress of the newness and you can focus on what you're doing and maybe then assess it then. Sage and sound advice from Tanya <laughs> Coons from Surrey Hills Therapy, our resident sexologist and pleasure activist here on Let's talk about sex. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Now, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about next month Mm. in September, you can always get in touch on 0409 945 945. Why not give producer Jess a call right now and let let her know what you reckon we should talk about next time. 833 22 999. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Brady.